Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on the... We're trying hard to make it true, but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. Welcome to GR on a Monday with myself and Conan um, here in the studio as usual. We're going to start quickly with the All-Stars, Conan. It's a little bit old on Friday night and I'm not as hyped up about this and um, upset because basically everyone's picked in positions that they played, <laughs> which seems absolutely logical to me. Seamus Harnley, you could say, maybe wouldn't have played all that much out in the wing. But um, there's a few omissions that would feel very hard done by Daniel Kearney. Tom Morrissey, I thought, was should have been shortlisted for Player of the Year. He doesn't even get on it. I'd have had him on it ahead of maybe Harnady or Patrick Horgan in some way. I would have him on it and work around it. But, like, I mean, when Peter Duggan, Joe Canning, John Connell and Graham Mulcahy are all absolute bankers, yeah. it's not it's not easy. Like, Kyle Hayes would be very unlucky, but he's up against Joe Canning. It's done really well in the hurling in that it's not all been moved around to suit fellas. It's actually almost done the opposite of football where I'm not sure, you know, the rule that was brought in in football where you can get an all-star in a position you weren't nominated, which came in this year, which I think is outrageous. And if that's the case, then... Rory Began should have been picked in midfield for mm. the All-Star because he was an outstanding player like Cluxton in goals who was outstanding this year too there was no outstanding midfielder to go alongside Fenton like with Colin Kavanagh was poor against Dublin twice and poor against Monaghan the first day he was only back from injury I'd have put Began midfield if these are the new rules but the hurling one just goes along follows the script and very hard even though I think Tom Morrissey should be on it, you say, look, he's up against Seamus Harnady. I think he's better than Seamus Harnady, but at least you can match. Kyle Hayes couldn't get it because Joe Canning was yeah. better than him centre forward. And you can match lads off. Daniel Kearney might feel hard done by, but look who he's up against. It's very hard to argue with it. Yeah, and that ends the argument when somebody says, well, what about Kyle Hayes? You yeah. say, well, is he better than Joe Canning or not? End of discussion. There you go. So it. on that year, you're excellent, but you're just unlucky enough that somebody else was better than you that year. Yeah. And that's unfortunate for you. But the idea that lads now are getting picked, even they're being nominated for a half forward line and getting picked in midfield, being nominated for midfield, getting picked at full back. That's a farcical yeah. situation. Just follow the template from the hurling. But I like I thought you wouldn't like it today was to putting together my little team and then I started moving people around. There's like I put Seamus Harnady in the corner forward because they're so fluid on there anyway, it'll be fine. Like Harnady moves around. You could play Harnady you could Harnady could you could, you know, pick him in any position in the forwards because I think he played centre forward, full forward. Uh, mostly, I don't know if he was on the wing all that often, but you wouldn't really argue with him being picked anywhere because he he is very kind of fluid. But the two players of the year um, were Brian Howard and Keen Lynch. Brian Fenton. Brian Fenton. Sorry, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Brian Fenton and Keen Lynch. Two very similar players in that two midfielders, 
two incredibly likeable players, two players that play very positive, two players that don't get involved in silly stuff, two players that don't get involved in cynical play, two positive forward thinking players play with a smile on their face. And I think when it comes down to a vote to your peers and players who are the very same as supporters and look against and play against these fellas, when it comes down to it, these are going to get the votes because uh, I like Kieran Kilkenny would have been Brian ha- Brian Fenton's main challenger, but Kieran mm. Kilkenny gets a, involved in a lot of cynical stuff. And I don't hold that against Kieran Kilkenny; it happens to him. But maybe it might affect the vote. You play against Kieran Kilkenny and he's grabbing you and holding you, you from like a kick. You might not like him as yeah. much, so maybe that affects it. Brian Howard, you never or Brian Fenton. I've, look, I've Brian Howard written down here. I'm just going to change this. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian Brian Fenton never gets involved in that kind of stuff, and maybe that's what pipped the, the vote in his favour and Keane Lynch as well Graham Mulcahy although he wouldn't, got, wouldn't get involved in anything but they're just two midfielders who are involved in the play an awful lot and two incredibly likeable players and I'm not trying to paint a picture that they don't deserve player of the year anyway but I'm saying if it is if it was close with another player with another player maybe that's what swung it Yeah, no you're right and like I think the fact that it is players who are voting like I look at some of those clips of Brian Fenton throughout the year and he, he's always just you know, if Dublin are going laterally or slows down and coming backwards, you know, Kilkenny might be passing to Brian Fenton, but as soon as it's passed to Brian Fenton, the line is broken and it's an easy score. And players playing against that will just be so demoralised by everything he does. The least score he got in the first half, at least we're doing well, I think there was two points in it. Fenton just comes on to his left foot when there's three men around him and puts it over. Yeah. Players who experience that thing will just be like, ah, he's too good, vote for him. Yeah, he's, left or, he's left or right. Another quick uh, controversy about the hurling one that you could make is Nicky Quaid. So Nicky Quaid made the, made the save of the whole year. Now Owen Murphy made a series of brilliant saves. Yeah. But this is kind of different. Here you go. Graham Brody in the football made arguably more saves than Owen Murphy in the hurl, in the hurling, right? He wasn't even in the in the reckoning for the football because it was between Began and Cluxton. Now Cluxton and Began wouldn't have been anywhere near Brody as regards shot stopping and, you know, excitement and, you know, there were extreme saves. Yeah. But usually you get Cluxton and you get Began and they're quoting their kick-out stats. Unrivaled kick-out stats, outstanding, whatever. So these lads are being... Because Cluxton really doesn't have much to do outside of his kick-outs being outstanding. And his kick-outs have gone very low risk to the corner back a lot of the time. But it's interesting with the with the hurling. So it's almost the opposite as well. So, like, I mean, the same, I think the same panel picked the hurling and football of All-Star Committee, don't they? Is it the same committee? I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. But uh, so basically, right? So the hurling stats on Twitter, so or hurling talk, hurling talk one is his Twitter handle. So he's got some uh, puck out uh, percentages. So Nicky Quaid is at top of the list at seventy two point six five percent. So he puck outs won one hundred ninety four, puck outs lost seventy three. In hurling, that's a phenomenal percentage, right? So you have Owen Murphy who won the All Star, and he's on fifty four percent. So he's only like winning half of his puckouts. So puckouts aren't even a factor then. W- one, they're a huge factor in how you w- whether you win the football one. Yeah. And saves are less important. And in hurling, then spectacular saves seem to be really important. And you can break fifty fifty on your. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine if Cluxton broke. If you got stats at the end of the year, Cluxton broke fifty fifty on his kickouts. Sure, he wouldn't even be in in the the talk for an all star. But in hurling, on on Murphy has won one based on really poor puck out numbers but spectacular saves do you get my point like Nicky Quaid when you add in that spectacular save against Cork um, that was on Sports Illustrated and then you add that to his his puck out percentage being way way higher um, being 16% higher than Owen Murphy really there shouldn't have been much of an argument about this or is there a different criteria based on what the hurling are looking for yeah I don't like and would you hold that against Murphy then or would you hold it against Brian Cody well that's more? the thing you do, do like I mean I wouldn't hold it against Murphy if he's told to go along because then that's a lottery but at the same time like if that's the team's strategy well then you can't exactly say you're attaining your puck outs it's not Owen Murphy's fault but his numbers aren't really good enough you know like I mean it's actually very very interesting Galway uh, James Skehill only uh, won 52.83% of his puck outs so he was going along an awful lot as well so Limerick obviously had a great uh, system and they were finding fellas on the run and that takes an awful lot of mm. skill to be consistently able to do that and have those numbers of 194-1 and 73 lost it's outstanding so 
while Owen Murphy is a brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper and made some unbelievable saves against Galway, I would have been going for Nicky Quaid there. Yeah, it's it's it is just it's still a bit different, isn't it? With football, it's so obvious that you have to win the kicker. Like that's what the but keeper it really is there should to be do. the same. But you making in, in this hurling, and we won't spend too much time on this. It's actually more for hurling because if you can pick out a fella around a halfway line. It, the next shot is a score yeah. so it's even more important I would suggest in hurling yeah, to be retaining them but sorry I mean it's on the keeper in football to do that they find the man but in hurling they sort of blame the half forward line you know for not winning their ball and not being strong enough and like the half backs dominating them it's a bit of a different culture there yeah. almost isn't and it? it depends if you go along the hurling is changing and it is they're going to corner backs an awful lot more they're going to wing backs just to retain that possession and Limerick are the market leaders along with Cork and Cork's numbers are really good as well they're third and Clare were second in the list of retaining retaining puckouts, so yeah. when yeah. I when I saw Murphy, I was I was happy enough with him anyway. Like and I'm just throwing a rabbit in the in the a spanner in the works here, um, Conan. Anyways, but anyways, we'll move on from that because it was from Friday, and I'm sure people have had their fill um, of all stars because the big match at the weekend here, and I was watching it yesterday was Ballygunner and Ballyay, and it was an unbelievable game of hurling. Ballygunner went three up in the first half then Ballier went six up then Ballygunner came back and levelled it and went two up with five minutes to go then Ballier came back and levelled it they got a bit a bit of a fluky goal with Niall Deasy who tried yeah. to catch it from a long ball and it ricocheted in off his hand did he try to catch it? I thought he was manoeuvring it into the net maybe ah, I'm too kind maybe, maybe. I've nev- would you believe I've never seen a goal if it's if he was trying to manipulate that into the net I thought he was trying to catch it yeah. but I'm not a hurling see this is where we fall down this is where <laughs> you're useless to me again trying to ask you a question anyways it was a goal one or another so then Ballier went up um, with 10 seconds left and then there's a free lobbed into the square and usually you have one chance at this yeah. and it broke out away now the referee could have blown it up when it, usually you get one chance it's yeah. lobbed in but the ref played on and it was won again and out towards the corner and lobbed in again and uh, Philip O'Matany with an outstanding kind of overhead tennis smash into the <laughs> bottom corner like just fairy tale stuff so they drew it and then you had 10 minutes a half of extra time and it was a draw after that and then Ballygunner went and won by three at the end of the second uh, period of five minutes so it was absolutely outstanding entertainment on the edge of your seat the whole way through and like I mean Ballygunner now set up a third meeting with Napiersig who won at the weekend as well the third and four seasons I think two of them were finals last year's final was a classic as well so that's going they kind of own a piercing one but it was just uh, it was unbelievable stuff and I tweeted after the game because emotions are high and I'm like Jesus this how many times do I bang on about what a great time of the year this is so this is champions of Clare taking on the champions of Waterford yeah. after such an epic game and I'm on Twitter and I'm trying to find out results of the other games and who's win, winning where and I was just thinking wouldn't a Sunday game style show and I don't care Sunday games on RTE I don't care if it's on Virgin I don't care if it's on Sky I don't care wh- air I don't care where it's on I want to go on television that night I want a round up of all these games with some highlights and a couple of interviews an hour an hour and a half long show and it was fa- that tweet was favoured two and a half thousand, thousand times now I do not get tweets favoured that many times in general no <laughs> but seriously I keep making the point the appetite that's out there for GEA at this time of the year these provincial championships are, are huge and I saw some people saying oh I don't think the general interest is there it might not be in county finals but when it gets to the provincial clubs this is the cream of the crop of all different counties like you're weeded out a lot of the poor teams maybe and these are good high profile prestigious high standard games now having said that the Ballygunner Ballier game maybe we're just spoiled at the level that Intercounty has gone to the standard wasn't great but just the excitement overruled everything Ah yeah it's, it's not great but you still have some of the best players in Ireland performing some of the most yeah. like, like some of the best things you'll see all year and you're right like as much as I love hurling I went to a game in Galway at the weekend the Galway semi-finals but as soon as you do that like you asked me did I see the Ballier game and it's like no and there's nowhere to watch it then last night and yeah. you know even at that game they're giving in the results of the Cora Finn match and nobody's able to see anything of that game then like you know, so once you go to one game you're disabled you're out you're not going to see anything else going to one game and that's it yeah and you'll like that that's your lot for the weekend and there's and so uh, much more episodes there is and TG4 in fairness to them like TG Catter we obviously give them a, an awful lot of credit with the coverage to give the club games they're outstanding and they have been for a long time their highlights package is on the Monday night now I think they've missed the pitch of that yeah, on the Monday night like I, I'm hit and miss whether I actually watch that sometimes because by the time Monday evening comes around that buzz of what's happened I know all the results I kind of have read all about them yeah. and that kind of Jesus that's on a Sunday night 
it's for me that's kind of gone a little bit on the yeah. Monday night I don't know what you think you're driving home and you're looking forward to seeing the highlights like, yeah even at a game that you've been at you want to see it again then on TV but yeah listen maybe they've seen the grief that you give the Sunday game every Monday <laughs> and then decided to take that out of the equation but they don't do analysis or anything like TG4 yeah. TG Catter just actually showed the showed the actual highlights and just play it straight through yeah. which I don't really have a problem with a bit more of a production I might like a little bit of chatting between it a bit more yeah. entertaining than just I know we want highlights but it's a find a balance of nonsense analysis and just a little bit of entertainment you know yeah. TV it's not really good TV necessarily it's just getting it getting it done I'm but free I, on a Sunday night you're free on a Sunday <laughs> night give us a call and we'll see what happens it is true but it was uh, it was Jamie Wall that tweeted during it hurling at this time of the year is very rarely pretty like a different sport to summer, summer hurling sometimes but an equally brilliant entertainment what a game uh, still can't get my head around Ballier they leave the mind boggled like I mean I think that sums it up and I'm not a hurling man he is that it's rarely pretty obviously conditions uh, contribute to that a lot and a different it's like a different sport to summer hurling and you see the way Cork senior hurlers play Limerick Clare they all play this short intricate passing game mm. club hurling ain't like that you're you're getting that down the other end of the field <laughs> yeah. and oftentimes when you get it down that other end of the field it's uh, Brown from Ballier just catching it who was out, absolutely outstanding and he's sending it back down <laughs> yeah, yeah. sometimes it can be a little it's all, it's nearly like the inter-county game was maybe 10 years ago in bad conditions maybe it's just trying to catch up on that really high high skilled intricate game we get at inter-county level it doesn't sound like it comes off the hurl as well either do you know when the cold it's a wet weather. ball it's a yeah. wet ball and a wet hurl probably too like I mean you think the wet hurl a wet hurl geez, I, I, look we can't get into this <laughs> Conan we can't think think of what we might say getting into how people strike a yeah, slitter I know about as much about a wet hurl and a wet slitter now um, there are a lot of people listening with low more anyways Napiershig hammered uh, Clonulty Ross Moore on Saturday night um, three of their players got injured Shane Dowling went off uh, before half time with a hand injury that's very worrying Ro- Ronan Lynch and Kieran Kennedy as well it was an embarrassing result for the Tipperary champions because we've, we've become so used to Tarla Sarsfields being such a, a big club in the Munster and you've Clanulty who had two week gap between winning their county championship and between coming out in the Munster club and that's just not good enough to be only scoring you know to be beaten by 18 points we know Napierstig are an outstanding um, an outstanding uh, team and hurling team but there's no way there should be 18 points better than the tip champions and I, do, I think that's embarrassing Clonulty Ross Moore like there's excuses if you're out the next day or out the next week but you're yeah. out two weeks you still have a responsibility to represent Tipperary Hurling and we know Tipperary Hurling would have I don't mean this in a bad way a pretty high opinion of, it, of themselves yeah. so that's it that, they've embarrassed the county for me yeah, like in, like Niall from Tipperary in the office, he was talking about this bet and the handicap was plus seven and he couldn't believe it. So he was on like Clonulty plus seven. Really? And yeah, and I sort of said to him, well, Jesus, but you know, will Napierce not hammer him? And he said, like, they're the Tipperary champions. Yeah. So it didn't matter. Like he assumed that they were going to be strong as well. You come into Tipperary, you should be putting it up to anybody. Yeah, I agree. That was, <laughs> that was not putting no, it up that to was No, d- that was disappointing. So Nevena beat Camrus. They beat them by 318 to 216. But I think Camrus got one, two, in injury time to make it actually look respectable so like I mean they gave Camrus I don't think too many neutrals will be too sad to see Camrus go out after everything we've seen from them um, recently but Cahill Dunbar was suspended for it uh, Conan and this is a really weird one because he appealed he got initially he got suspended for the county final right so he was supposed to have interfered with a with a face guard now it looked like very very innocuous we saw the video of it and we've mentioned it on the show before mm. so he's just transferred to Nevena this year but anyways that's an irrelevance it's just a bit of a by, by the by the by but anyways so he appealed it um, to the CCCC or whatever then the hearings committee appealed it again got no joy then went to the DRA so the DRA sat the night before the county final so the DRA um, judge they said having considered the matter the tribunal held that it should seek clarification from the referee pending receipt of, of the clarification and of its decision in respect of the matter the tribunal held that Mr. Mr. Dunbar should not should stand not suspended so he got off I think with the DRA which is kind of they have legal kind of representation there yeah. and it's more lawyers and he got off by the fact that the referee didn't put into his report that he deliberately deliberately interfered with the face guard so he got off on a technicality yeah. got to play the final beat St. Martins 
and now when the when the DRA um, looked at it again with the referee's input, they ended up giving him a suspension of a game, which went through to the to the Leinster club. Now, if I was St. Martins, I'd be very disappointed with that. In that he deserved this suspension, but the DRA was able to postpone this suspension and not have it cleared up before the the county final. Like usually, you're suspended until you're found. Uh, until you're found uh, guilty or, in, or until yeah. you're found innocent but he was found innocent until he got well he was found innocent on the technicality but the DRA then wanted this wanted to hear it again and they ended up suspending him so I don't know it's a very messy kind of yeah can they not come back now and say like well hang on was this guy suspended or not yeah well, you see I think from St Martin's point of view because it was so innocuous and Martin's were favourites to win that fa- county final I think they were of the opinion well we'd rather play Navena with Cotton yeah. Dunbar than without do you know what I mean and that was their attitude before the county final so then he played the county final scored four from play <laughs> was really good it would be a little bit rich to be coming back going then you know but like I mean it, technically it looks a little bit unfair on St Martin's yeah I'm surprised he needed a, a technicality to get him off because we, we watched it and nothing seems to happen nobody seems to react to whatever happens when they're both on the ground yeah and I'm surprised he needed this sort of loophole that the ref didn't use the word deliberate in his match report to yeah. get him off so I'm, I'm disappointed in the DRA in this case <laughs> disappointed myself so James Hickey you know James Hickey Cannon we played a, a clip from his halftime speech oh um, yeah, yeah last week is James he, is Hickey he going to Crew Park on Paddy's Day is Mount Leinster Rangers and he would love it if to if you could get to Croke Park he wants it more than anything in the world we know <laughs> we know this James Hickey but James Hickey was on uh, KLFM is it the Carlo radio station K- KCL KCLR jeez um, I got that badly wrong <laughs> um, right so this was after Carlo were hammered by Limerick so I don't know how the question isn't included in this but anyway the answer to the question by James Hickey was Carlo are 10 points better than Offaly and I have no problem saying that this is what James Hickey said so I don't know how <laughs> Carlo and Offaly so he's basically saying that they'd be well able to compete at Joe McDonough uh, cup level and Offaly are in that next year so we we're kind of understanding why he might have thrown Offaly in there so Fast forward on uh, maybe six months and Mount Leinster Rangers have to play Cool Derry from Offaly. So <laughs> you can see where I'm going where with are you, going you can see where I'm going with this. So Cool Derry, they obviously beat Mount Leinster Rangers yesterday, but I think by about seven seven points and Joachim Kelly, Wackham Kelly, um, from Cool Derry manager, he said some fella from the Carlo team <laughs> said they were ten points better than Offaly. So that was a motivating factor. We weren't going to allow that. That's brilliant. There you go. <laughs> that was pinned up on the dressing room, even though some fella from the Carlo team. I'm not sure. Does does James Hickey is he still playing with them? I'm not sure. I think he's a, like of a, a kind of older retired player definitely with Carlo anyway he might still be playing with Mount Glen Strangers although I'm not sh- I'm not too sure cause still he was giving a- speeches regardless still giving speeches but James we know you're good at halftime speeches but keep that kind of punditry to yourself because all this is going to come back and bite you in the ass so there you go so that's on the dressing room wall has come back to bite James Hickey Rory Began scored a point from play yesterday Conor we're going to turn to football a little bit here now Thank God. For um, that. <laughs> you can actually you can relax now. So um, anyone who didn't see the clip of this, I was very surprised at the clip of this because the only time I saw Rory Began previous to this taking a shot at the goals from play was against uh, Tyrone in Croke Park, and that didn't end too yeah. well. So it was like, geez, he's very tall. He's a little bit awkward. I know from a standing position, he's good at pinging him off the outside of his boot. But when I saw this clip, I was very taken aback because this is a short 45 and everyone switched off, obviously, because Began's record is so good. Takes a 1-2, right? So he's on the left-hand side of the goal. So when he takes the 1-2, he, he kind of sidesteps off to the right and veers off. And on the run, without breaking stride, just clips the ball over. Now, I'd even argue that there's not an awful lot of outfield players can do that without missing a step or having to mm. slow down. Just run at, at full pace and as you're running, just clip it off the outside of your... Off clip it off the inside of your boot and curl it around from right to left it was an outstanding piece of skill from a man so big yeah like did you not see his clip last year as well against Clintibbert like where he scores from play no and he like Clintibbert the second best team in Monaghan he takes a switch of play like he, he comes out from the goals and he starts soloing very slowly looking at the options ahead and the whole right wing just opens up in front of him so he just takes off the whole way up the right wing and Clintibbert are just marking up the men nobody approaches him and he keeps going and just clips it over off the outside or inside and off the inside he just keeps going the whole way up and then once he comes under a bit of pressure just clips it over and jogs straight back but right. 
But that one was even better. I know we ran the length of the field in the, in the clip last year, but that one was better because of the pace involved. And yeah. then he was sort of in between two men, and as you say, turned on to his right and clipped it with the instep. It was the clip I thought was just very... Uh, the clip without breaking stride, that was the most impressive thing. And a fella uh, tweeted me last night, Shane Rice, um, and he said that he, was, he pulled up an article of some college games back in from 2010 to 2012 in Dundalk IT. Uh, Began played full forward for Dundalk <laughs> IT and he scored eight points. Now, this is just a match report from a, a university game. It didn't have a breakdown from play or from free. So, like, I mean, he's got an awful lot more strings with his ball. This is why I keep saying, put him in midfield, yeah. you all-star <laughs> panel, you, you, with all your new rules and everything. It would have been perfect. But the reason it didn't do that is because it would have been a little bit farcical. But it's okay for Kavanaugh to get a full back one. And that's because that's not farcical at all. Yeah. Right. So if they're going to be consistent about this, let's not have these arguments about David Clark and Stephen Cluxton. They're both had outstanding years. Stick one at about field. Watch everyone laugh. Yeah. And this is what it's become. They're all laughing anyway. <laughs> they're laughing anyway. <laughs> right. Ballantubber uh, beat Torl Strand 6-5. So this was an absolute snooze fest. So uh, Ballantubber only scored one point from play. Only two players on their whole team scored, Killian and Dermot O'Connor. Dermot O'Connor scored a point from play inside the first 16 minutes and they never scored from play again. Right, so after the game, um, you have Kevin Johnson, who's the Ballantubber manager. He's putting all the blame on Torl Strand, Strand, right? So uh, he says, "We we came here to get over the line. Torrell Strand set up the way they set up so he's putting the blame Eamon O'Hara's Torrell Strand manager and I believe Eamon wouldn't really like his philosophy would be kind of a kicking game in a more traditional game but maybe he went more defensive but I don't think people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones because I've seen Ballon Tubber um, against Castlebar Mitchells and they're fairly fond of getting lads back behind the ball themselves so maybe when you get two teams who are playing like that you end up with 6-5 like I mean that's just that terrible stuff Torl Strand incidentally were beaten last year by Casabar Mitchell's 113-9 to so either they changed their tactics and went way more defensive against other Mayo champions or else Ballantubber because of their defensive system are less inclined to be able to break down the defensive system because we know Casabar Mitchell's would be a more attacking side yeah if I was Kevin Johnson I would just carry on we won the game into the semi-finals nobody watched it on TV it'll be fine like, you know don't don't worry about it don't don't justify yourself Kevin carry on yeah spoken like a true Ulster <laughs> a true Ulster diehard um, Cross McGlenn won on Saturday night and this was against Coal Island uh, Fina 12-10 Coal Island Fina were 2-1 to one. I was tipping them on Thursday as a good a good um, um, chance of of, of, of being a brilliant price basically in that two horse race there was a dozen yellow cards and four red cards so Cole Island Fina were, had two men sent off in the first uh, half after 25 minutes so it ended up being 13 aside Cross McGlenn got two, had two lads sent off in the second half after 33 and 44 minutes so it was 13 aside for the last 50 minutes so that was your trial you don't need these uh, trials <laughs> so Kieran Whelan is an advocate of 13 aside yeah. I would like to see the last uh, 14 minutes and this is a Coal Island side who are putting a lot of men behind the ball so it's a perfect opportunity to see how 13 aside affects this defensive yeah. game Joe Brawley was at it I know when I heard Joe Brawley was at it and it was 13 aside I thought oh god if, yeah, <laughs> if only you could believe somebody that was at the game <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah because obviously Cross McLean were they were brave and they were you know they went for it and Coal Island just didn't and they played within themselves and, and I spoke to Mary in the shop at <laughs> half time and she said she's never seen an atmosphere like this you know <laughs> <laughs> but the last 14 minutes 13 aside that's when Cross McLean really came with oh, oh, kick passing <laughs> long ball <laughs> right so that was a terrible Joe Brawley um, accent so I, I'm picturing this 25 minute um, incident when Cole Island were sent, had two men sent off so um, so as the latter was called back so Brian Tor, Toner got sent off on a straight red um, in 25 minutes and then he was given a second yellow. Then Owen, let me get this right. So it was a Brian Toner sent off. So Brian Toner and Owen Hamsey departed around 25 minutes. The former called back to receive a second yellow for descent. The latter receiving a straight red for something he said in reaction to his teammates sent off. So Brian Toner got a second yellow for descent. So he... Uh, mounted at the referee got a second yellow got sent off then Owen Hamsey came over 
mouted at the referee said something got a straight red a straight that's a black card by the way that's not a straight red well it depends on card. what he said is yeah, the, like he could have, he could, <laughs> if you're getting a straight red for something for something that you've said it's it, you'd imagine it's fairly it's fairly deplorable well you wouldn't know you wouldn't know what some referees are supposed to so they're down to 25 minutes based on one incident it's just stupidity of the yeah. highest order the manager would be going absolutely crazy but in the second half then Cross McGlenn Callum Comiskey and Johnny Hanratty they both got second jellos and the Cross McGlenn manager wasn't too annoyed about that it looked like maybe they were second jellos he blamed his players for getting a second jello when they're already on the yellow so that was that um, so 13 aside game Castle Rahan this is a funny one so they went down to Coleraine um, 11 points to 2-11 so they're 6 down at half time Castle Rahan now you can remember we sent out an SOS last Thursday for Key and Mackey who wasn't <laughs> <laughs> we're still waiting to hear back from on the show so um, I was delighted to look through the match report and see that Key and Mackey actually did play so he is alive and he's well and he scored 2 points 1 from play but the, the Castle Rahan manager Donald Keown he said after the game, so Castle Rahan got it back, I said, to within a point in the second half and Coleraine ended up uh, winning by six. But they had a terrible start. They were two six to six points down at half time. So, like, I mean, they were terrible in the first half. And Donald Keown said after the game, the boys can get in there again next year. But if they do, they needn't party as hard. That's the big thing. They partied the whole week. I only got them back on Tuesday night. <laughs> so they won, the, they won the county final the previous Sunday. Ten days later. He it? couldn't round up his team. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I mean, there's something funny about this. While I was critical of um, the Tipperary champions two weeks, like, I mean, this is their first ever county title. <clears throat> Now they did the dog on it and in fairness to them they didn't disgrace themselves on the field but like they really dogged it out of it to not to not appear back in the field until the, until the following <laughs> Tuesday week like that's just but listen I don't feel bad for not being able to locate Keen Mackey when his own manager yeah, can't I locate I was going to say you're, you're trying to get him and the manager can't get him but <laughs> it was interesting Sean McGoldrick the Coleraine manager was saying something opposite when they won it in 2010 he was talking yesterday as well and said the last time we won it we probably went at it too hard but the boys are a bit wiser now and they're thinking they can take a step on right, so it's a tale of two. That's the thing, yeah. You need you need the first blowout. You yeah. need to be able to blow it out and learn those lessons. So, like I mean, a lot of this stuff, it's all about learning and getting experience. And I suppose that's my point with these drink bans and everything. That without making mistakes, you'll never learn yourself. You're just being forced to do something. Do you mm. know? That's that's my my take on them. Um, Leitrim GA tweeted last night, and it's Carrick Hurling Club. So Captain James Glancy carried the Connacht GA. Junior Hurling Cup across the bridge in Carrick and Shannon an historic occasion the first Leitrim man to carry a provincial club cup into the county that was a lovely little picture that they tweeted out so it was the Junior Hurling Cup across the bridge so like I mean congratulations to Carrick Hurling Club and you can be sure they'll be celebrating just as much as any other they might not go to Castle Rahan extremes because <laughs> well they can actually because once you win the provincial you've got your you've 12 weeks yeah go if nuts. only Keen Mackey and them knew let's hold it off <laughs> hold off let's win this Ulster and I'll give you I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll give you an unbroken four or five weeks of celebration let's listen and they should like not to give them the match report but they got a man sent off very harshly in the first half like you know and they only lost by six they drew the second half so they will feel like they missed a, an opportunity oh they will they will but look again that's what they'll be back again because they have a young team and they will they will learn from that experience and they won't go mad the next day so that's it um, just to finish up there, I was contacted by a couple of parents in Port Leash and they're very upset about the camogie the minor camogie final so Port Leash never had a minor uh, camogie team before so it's the first year they've actually done it um, and they're after getting to the final or they got to the final and where they played St Bridget's and they're at the, the ladies club from Rathdowney Earl and there was a cup basketball championships like an All-Ireland championships mm. on in Dublin in Sutton at the same weekend right so it was, both were fixed for yesterday um, the fourth so Port Leash Club then emailed the Leash Camogie Association on the Wednesday night right and they had they had contacted St Bridget's separately and it said look we've got five girls who are playing basketball and they've trained like mad for them and we want to be encouraging young girls and boys to be playing as much sport as possible not just one and they're in that final is there any way you'd agree to move the game and uh, fix it for a date that might suit the, the girls and in fairness St Bridget's the only thing they said is they didn't want to play under lights but they were happy to change the game so they 
both Portlaoise and St Bridget's agreed that they would play the game on the 10th at 10.30 in the morning six days later right so that this happens between clubs a lot yeah. like I mean this it's down to the two clubs really so um, Portlaoise then emailed the Leash Camogie Association on Wednesday night this is Wednesday before the Sunday now at this point when they emailed there was no fixture there was no referee there was no nothing so the Leash Camogie Association said that there was the email they received was too late even despite the fact that the fixture hadn't even been like announced with a venue and with a referee yeah. and everything and they overruled the two clubs and made them play yesterday like I mean I just can't understand that so Sarah Fleming had to leave the basketball at half time in Sutton came home and played at full back and then went back up to Dublin to play the final of the basketball <laughs> like I mean isn't that just terrible it was Wednesday at one o'clock they sent in the email requesting the change to the tent which was agreed with St Bridget's yeah. and they overruled it like I'm trying my best to understand the mentality of a governing body that would try and prevent five girls from playing, you know, two finals when it was agreed with both. If Ratdowney Earl, St. Bridges, Ratdowney Earl put in an objection that wanted to play, then absolutely you say, that's the fixture now and you're going to have to. But when both clubs agree, what benefit yeah. is there? What benefit is there of the Leash Camogie Association in overruling that? Is that just a power trip that, look, we're in charge here? Yeah, well, I was going to ask, like, what, what were they too late for? Like, both clubs agreed. So That's it. Too late for what? Yeah. Like, you know, never mind the fact that there might not have been a venue or anything put in place anyway. But it's like, no, no, don't worry. Like, we both are happy with this. So there's nobody too late for anything. We're not playing Saturday. We'll just play next week. Just, like, refix that if you can, please. There's no problem. Like, yeah. So they discussed this for an hour the delegates at this meeting <laughs> an hour what? and decided to vote against the, the two clubs who were happy to move it like I mean and uh, like from my information there was a Division 2 final um, earlier on this year and it was agreed amongst the two teams and that went ahead on the date that the two teams agreed I just I just like I mean if you're a, a Leash Camogie Association and you see this is the first ever minor team Port Leash have had and they have a clash with another uh another sport and they've requested it like I mean they don't have to agree it If they, like I said if St Bridges disagree yeah. but St Bridges agree and would rather play Port Leash in the final with their full team than with you know down five girls who were, who had to, who were training with another team all year and just this is a compromise and everybody's happy and they this day like there, there's parents in Port Leash that are, are considering pulling their daughters out of it because like wh- why would you not say listen go just just stick with the basketball why, yeah. do you, why do you need to be training all year to be treated like that like I mean what kind of promotion is that like who are these people that are deciding this and what are their motivations that's the only thing yeah. I can say about it it's so frustrating and this is like unfortunately this has happened all over the bloody country like you know, I remember last year we were finding out that the Limerick ladies final was on at 9am on a Saturday morning you know Gerge completely put out by it they'd have to leave at 7 because they were now away from the stadium you know uh, Kilkenny uh, there was a schools game and like they were playing schools camogie tournament but there was some girls who were representing Leinster in the ladies football and then they had to choose between which one like you know and this is happening a lot especially in female sport and as you say parents when you pull them out of it like why would they why would they put up with that hassle yeah I don't know I don't know and maybe they won't and it'll be the GA's loss um, if that's what happens alright we'll leave it there Conan and we'll be back with Ian Burke Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans.
Alright, Sween Burke became the first Galway man to win an All-Star on Friday night since 2003. It was Kevin Walsh back then. And then on Sunday, his club wins six county titles in a row and he joins us on the line now. Congratulations, Ian. If Carlsberg did weekends, I'm sure this was the weekend they would have done for you. <laughs> That's for sure, yeah. It's, uh, it's been a whirlwind couple of days there, you know. I suppose on Friday night it was a huge honour for me to you know, win the All-Star and I was absolutely delighted to get it. Um, I was I was just delighted in the first instance to be just nominated with the, the six for the Galway lads. Um, you know, it was it was a great year for Galway football. Um, and indeed, Curfin and, and and yeah, we uh, we had a hard fought replay on Sunday there just yesterday. So it was um, delighted to get through that um, and still, still be looking forward to a, a Connacht semi final. Yeah, so that's putting it mildly a hard fought um, county final. We'll talk about county final first because it was a fairly kind of was it a bad tempered game, um, Ian? Like I mean, there was a few red cards. Even Kieran F- Kieran Fitzgerald got a red card, so that'll tell you how bad it got. Yeah, I mean, it was a uh, you know, and there was a lot of games in Galway this year has been tough games, like and Montpellier were no exception. I mean, the first day they came um, and set up you know defensively, and we we struggled in large periods to to break that down. Um, and we're kind of, I suppose, lucky to get the draw in the end the last day um, and to be sitting with a shout this weekend. So, yeah, it was a you know, it was easy game for Galway. So it was a, it was a, it was a hard fought game, I'd put it that way. But, uh, yeah, it, we were just happy to come out, come out with, the, with the win, you know. I saw your manager said after the game that um, this was after the drawn game, 7 all, that you were actually lucky to get out of there with the draw. He said, our lads are so used to playing going forward as quick as they possibly can. It was quite the change in attitude in the last two games. It was after yesterday. But I'm just, I'm surprised that you wouldn't face that level of defensive system in Galway. Like, you're such a strong team. I would have thought most teams you would have played against would have gone out like that, No. Yeah, no, I think that was kind of one of the first instances where we uh, where we faced something as defensive as that. Um, but I think it's you know it's a testament to that the Carson team that you know are able to adapt um, and able to be patient and and to dig out scores when they're they're extremely hard to come by. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a funny one. Out, but we're um, yeah, we're just delighted to come away with the win, you know. Yeah, come here. You missed yesterday with a rib injury. You came off after fifty nine minutes, so you nearly got through the whole of the first county final. And what happened? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of I fractured one of my ribs in the uh, in the Anadown game, and I hadn't really got a properly diagnosed because with the games coming up. But then after yeah, after the first county final, it was it was extremely sore. On, on Monday I went in, um, and then yeah, the, the doctor said there I had a fractured uh, fractured ribs. So I'm out for out of action for a couple of weeks with this. All right, okay. So like, I mean, it's just a couple more weeks. It's like a rib injury is kind of like you're not going to do more damage. It's just the bloody pain of it. Yeah, that's it. Look, it's just it's just a waiting game, really. So just give it a couple of weeks rest, um, and then yeah, should be should be ready to go um, in another couple of weeks. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And what are you like on the sideline watching a game like that then, when you're used to being on the on the, on the field? <laughs> yeah, so you're only trying to get the boots on and go out and help the lads. But uh, yeah, it was interesting watching. Yeah, just watching how how the game unfolded yesterday because it was so uh, it was kind of very tactical, you know. And um, we had kind of a, a few our homework done and a few things we wanted to to kind of carry out. And it was just nice to see that from kind of a bird's eye view rather than being kind of in the t- the action, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was a nice nice change, I suppose, but it was uh yeah, obviously it was mad to get out there. <laughs> that was the thing. So you had the whole week actually, you got the draw and we all saw the clip of the draw. Like I mean you'd only scored six points in sixty minutes and then you in injury time in the last attack you were able to pull one out of the fire and Lundy was completely free. I don't know how they ended up leaving him free, but like I mean so obviously you were talking all week about how to deal with this and you know you talk about this at inter-county level as well so it's just a matter of discussing with each other you know amongst each other as players as in hold on to it wait for the opening don't take it into contact you know all those conversations you have probably more at inter-county level Yeah it was exactly what you mentioned just there you know don't take the ball like Mobile were a physical team so you know bringing the ball into contact for them guys was was a bad idea you know they're going to rip it off you so yeah, we just thought you know we should work as be just be patient. Like it's, we're happy enough to have the ball rather than to be chasing the ball. Um, and then we just try and work it back and over. And you know some unreal players they were curving, and they're able to you know pull moments out of the bag. Like so, they were able to find pocket of space. You know to get the to get the goal in the first half was 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 a serious move. Um, and then in the second half, it's a couple of unreal points kicked. So like the quality of player that's there in Curfin was, uh, you know they're able to pull off these kind of these kind of moves and these kind of scores so it, uh, that definitely helps um, 
so yeah, exactly. We're just trying to keep it out of contact, be patient when the when the, when the chances came, just try and take as many as we could. So every cloud has a silver lining with this rib injury. You were able to have a few pints on Friday night to celebrate your All Star then, no? <laughs> yeah, I suppose there's one one way of looking at it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, come here, how was Friday night then? Because uh, like, we obviously found out the All-Star team last Thursday. When did you find out? Yeah, um, I, I found out just, it was just the Wednesday night. Uh, Kevin, Kevin was being the last man to win it and, and being, being our manager, I suppose, found out. And then he you know, he was obliged to ring me then. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe the news when I heard it, but uh, I was absolutely delighted. Um, and then when the news broke on, on the Thursday, um, yeah, just the phone was happening with just well wishes and, and, and well done in that. So it was a... Uh, been an amazing response so far um, and again yeah it's just a huge honour to have won So that's the thing and like I mean genuinely w- did you think you were in the shake up with it because obviously uh, Mannion is, plays corner forward as well and you, the All-Stars has changed now so he went out into the wing Brian Howard went into midfield and you were the corner now we argued on the podcast last Thursday I would have had you over Mannion anyway based on the year you had but like I mean in your own head who did you think you were going to get in? Uh, like I mean, you know, it was it was just for me personally, it was just a huge honour to be nominated. Um, I just thought it was nice for, you know, it was a nice representation of Gaelic football that, considering the year that we have had, that we had you know six and seven guys nominated, which we haven't had you know for for a couple of years. So um, to be honest, I was just kind of delighted in that regard more so than anything else. Um, I mean, there's, a, there's a, been a number of phenomenal players who, you know, played throughout the championship and that who may have not have gotten an all star, but like you know, let's. Not for me to decide, really, but I was just, you know, to be honest, I was just happy that I was able to represent my county with the the six other Galway boys, um, yeah. and I just thought it was a, it was a good year, you know. Yeah, no, like I mean, and you can be modest all you want, but like I mean, you had more than a good year. Like I mean, you're off, your assists are off the charts. Like I mean, I was reading before the Dublin game that you had either converted or directly assisted one third of Galway's scores up until the Dublin game and sure the Dublin game in the first half like I mean you had a direct part in nearly every point that Galway scored like I mean would you define your role within the team or the role Kevin wants you to play or is this just your natural game anyways? Yeah I just think, think it's just my natural game I suppose just trying to like I mean Kevin has built a, a great team culture I suppose in, in Galway and I mean it's, it's not even a 15 man game now it's more of a 30 man game with all the background team so yeah so it's more of a team game that's what we're focused on we're focused on being you know, the best goal team that we can be and I mean individual players I suppose contribute to that but I mean overall we're just hoping to buy into the systems and the processes because there's you know there's so much to play in inter-county football now and being in an inter-county setup that um, it's it's very much it's very much team team player um, environment in there Galway so yeah I'm just happy to, to contribute what I, what I can to, to, the, to the systems and processes that we play and just to yeah just to be be part of the Galway football team but you know you're unique in a traditional sense in that you're a small nippy corner forward and you're not obsessed with scoring you like to set other people up this is not a normal uh, behaviour for a corner <laughs> for a corner forward <laughs> I don't know in fairness to the guys they're, they're making great runs off the shoulder so it's easy it's easy enough to just get it and give it you know and they can uh, yeah if they're on for the shot sure, you know they're, they're obviously have a better chance of scoring if I'm back to my goal and they're running at the goal you know so it's, it just makes sense to, to pop it off I suppose um, you know these lads make great runs um, you know it, it makes my, my life a lot easier you know yeah but you you, you know you like you're in that you play corner forward and there's different types of corner forwards you're the kind of lively one who's always out in front and you're making things happen then there's you know the likes of the Gooch whose movement wouldn't be great but like I mean he's going to finish the minute he gets it like you're like a mix in between in between the two you enjoy and are able to do both you're two footed you can score but you'll just as happily break out to the 45 and, and set something else up like I mean you just like to be on the ball that's the impression I get from you but from watching you <laughs> yeah I suppose um, yeah I, I suppose yeah I just like to be on the ball and just see kind of make things happen you know I wouldn't be one to just kind of stand up inside if it's going to happen I try to come out just get hands on the ball and keep keeping the game and that um, but yeah, look, it's, it's as I said earlier, it's, you know, it's, it's all the team game, and if the guys make runs off my shoulder, there's no reason why I'm going to hold on to the ball. Um, when these guys are, you know, well able to score and probably better at I am, you know. Yeah, just just from my analysis on the show, like you breaking onto the Mayo team, kind of changed the whole dynamic of the forward line in that you were that link player, and that you were able, like because Galway might only leave two players up. 
that and then the chasing lads trying to get up and support them that you were that link man that could actually throw it off to the lads chasing up rather than having this huge gap between the two on the inside you know what I mean and then these the runners yeah. the runners coming to catch up a lot of your assists are actually not to Damien Comer or, or whoever's in beside you they're actually to fellas further out the field that are coming onto the play yeah, it's like as in they've they've a lot harder job than I of them guys out the field because they have plenty of ground to catch up on. But um, yeah, just the Mayo game was 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 a funny one. You know, I was only kind of a couple of weeks after the, you know, after the Curfin game, so I was only in the panel a couple of weeks. So it was uh, I was still trying to get up to speed, and then yeah, I just came in and luckily I found a few a few pockets of space and got got on good ball engaging. Verily kicked me a great one, and you know Shane Walsh kicked me in one or two. So it was uh, yeah, just a quality ball that comes in. It's just you know one bounce inch. Like I mean, it's. It's easy enough to kind of win it then when it comes out and then just, yeah, the lads running off the shoulder. I mean, John Heaney got a fantastic goal that day. It was a, he made a huge run up the field come, you know, near the end of the game and I was able to pull off a finish like that, you know, but it was, uh, yeah, that game, I suppose, really kind of got me going and got me, you know, uh, back in the, into the goal team and I just tried to do much much of the same for the for the continuing continuing on from that, and you know, just tried to be be exactly the team player, like I said. That's the thing, and the the new structure to the championship didn't really help the Corfin lads because you came back in and you'd missed the league and you'd made a league final, and then the championship was pushed up so much that you actually didn't have too much time to get back in onto the team. It was a bit of a disaster for a club that has done so well and won an All Ireland club. Yeah, it was, it was a funny one. Like, I mean, we, we were watching the goal throughout the league, and they had such a, f- a fantastic league that, uh, you know, we were kind of chomping at the bit to get back in because first training back in, you could just see, you know, the excitement in there. Everyone was, you know, hugely ambitious for the upcoming championship, um, and then it was just a matter of trying to get up to up to speed with, uh, you know, and get back into learning all the processes and systems that go along with with the with playing playing for Galway and that. Um, and yeah, it just took me a couple of weeks, and then you know, once once I got in, then I was happy enough. You know, lucky enough took my chance um, and then was able to you know, retain my place from then on, you know. I read last year, last year was your first year playing um, senior inter-county and I was reading somewhere you said that it brought you to a different level, it completely brought your game on. Just wondering how what you meant by that, was that from a tactical point of view, strength and conditioning or just a total kind of package? Yeah, like I mean you're coming up against, you know, every the best 15 in, in each county, you know, so you're your game develops a lot more. Your, you know, kind of spatial awareness, strength and conditioning. You know, when when to you know game management, these kind of things just just brought me my game on so much. I felt, um, and that you know, I was able to you know contribute to Carson's success. I think through my kind of the year previous, I just felt that I yeah, I developed a lot more how to you know win ball and use my body in better positions, you know, and things like that. Um, and that's yeah, that's many of the areas I, I felt I you know improved on, and 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 still trying to improve on, you know. Right. Okay. So like almost that instead of just kind of being another forward, you've come back to Currafin after being on the county panel, wanting you know being you know more the main man. Even yeah, though even yeah, though exactly. it it is hard to be the main man on that Currafin forward line at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. Like I mean, the Currafin for the Currafin forward line itself is. It, you know, it's, it's unreal. You know, playing with them guys, it's it's a different it's it's a different game plan with Curfin as it is with Galway, but as it is with every other team. You know, so um, yeah, just trying to use you know winning ball winning ability, you know, spatial awareness, and and just trying to see see better passes and, and able to set up the guys, you know, better. Um, and then just yeah, game management. Like I mean, yesterday was was all game management by Curfin. Really, it was you know it was hard to to break down Mount Belly, for instance, and we just you know held the ball and we were able to find our pockets and. Um, you know, convert the chances when we got in. Yeah, well, you've all the inter-county jargon anyway with processes and game management and all the stuff like that. So, you've, that Kevin Walsh has taught you has taught you well. Come here, is it is it a weird one being the only Corrafin player on the team? Like, I mean, because everybody marvels at Corrafin, and I know a few of the lads didn't go back in Farrah and Lundy for their own reasons, and Silk was away. Uh, in America but like I mean to only have one to be performing that well without the six in a row and the big team in Galway only having one player like I mean it must be the talk of Galway uh, in a way is it? I, I, look, I don't really know I don't really pay too much heed to a lot of what's kind of been said there what's been said inside in the camps there so um, yeah look I mean there, there was three of us in there last year me Bernard, Bernard Powell and Kier Malloy um, I think Liam Silk is back in there this year, so there's, there's a, a nice, uh, you know, a few Curfinlands in there, and uh, you know, with the help of God, the Galway panel, we can bring in a few, a few new players, be it from Curfin or be it from, you know, elsewhere. I mean, if you look at the likes of, you know, Sean Andrew Kelly and Sean Kelly, like the positive impacts them guys have had, you know, been on for an off their first year, 
you know, if we can find a few more lads who make similar impacts, you know, I think all will be in a you know, in a very good place place next year. Will you will you have Silk back like you just mentioned? Is Killian McDade back in as well? I know he's back home. Like I mean they're two huge additions to your to your um panel. Yeah, they'd be they'd be two huge additions. I mean they're both class players and that and that so yeah, we'd be we'd be excited to see see the two of them guys back in. Um and they'll definitely add something something different and, and a new dynamic to the backline there. Yeah, if they do come back. Just just uh, before we finish up, do you keep assist stats at inter-county level? It's so long since I've been out of the game. We know that assists are a big deal in fantasy football and soccer and stuff, but are assists because <laughs> like you you got six assists against Kildare, like all with the hand. Like I mean, is that talk? Like are you are you given uh, stats on how you affect scores rather than score them yourselves? Yeah, we'd look at um, we would look at uh, we call it the you know the assists that that um. You know, you provide it. Obviously, it's a, it's a big part of. You know, it's, it's obviously it's nice going, but assisting is just as important. You know, um, and being you know being at such a team game that you know giving the score all the credit I suppose isn't. Uh, you know, the assist probably deserves recognition, and it's something we would have looked at um, and tried to emphasize. You know, like rather than taking on a, a 60% shot if there's a guy in the 80% chance of scoring, it's better off to give it to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was nice to recognise that, and I didn't think it, it was something that lads were conscious of playing on the field. That you know, give, just give the ball to the, you know, the man in the right position and in the best position to shoot. Like you know, it just it just makes sense, you know. Yeah, I was looking on your LinkedIn there. Like I said, there wasn't too many interviews doing the rounds of you online, so you keep a, a low enough profile. So I had to go to your LinkedIn for some, for some uh, for some information. So you went to Limerick and you got a degree in physics and energy and then you did a master's in financial services which was a strange kind of depart- departure from physics and energy, no? <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose it was. I just, I kind of had an interest in, in the markets and that's, and that's kind of where the area I wanted to move into. Um, yeah, there was a nice, I suppose the maths part of the physics helped me out and then well, yeah. Yeah, I got into the finance and it was, yeah, it was grand. It was, it was grand. Like, it was just something I wanted to do so I just, I decided to go and do it. Right, so what you're working as a trainee trader now, is that right? Yeah, I was trainee trader for the, the last year with with uh, Geneva and Dublin. Um, so that's been, yeah, in fairness to them, they were very good to me throughout the year, allowing me to have, you know, half days of training, being based in Dublin, you know, trying to get back to goal and that. So they were they were hugely helpful. Um yeah, uh, for the last year and yeah, loving it up there really. Camerian, I won't keep you much longer. I'm sure you've got better things to be doing the day after a county final than, than uh, talking <laughs> to me. Come here, congratulations on your All-Star and yesterday and uh, we'll talk to you again. Yeah, it's William Cullen. No problem. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you didn't let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. No, absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go but no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then right. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. <laughs> Paddy Power performance of the weekend, um, Conan, and the first one is Niall DC. Um, he was outstanding, so he scored two ten yesterday. He got two four from play. Now we're undecided whether one of the goals was a brilliant, defle- <laughs> brilliant deflected one, or he was trying to catch it and it came off his hand. That's a great question, and like JJ would answer that that for me in a second. <laughs> like he really would, or I'm telling you, or what Michael Carton, or, or Cheddar, or Damien, whatever it was. This is stuff we just can't kind of. Um, comment on but he was interviewed after the match now I don't think he's a great talker for starters now I don't blame anyone here because the game was in the balance and you have to pick a man of the match and the man of the match is usually from the the winning team so they're in a huge different much different mind space after the game and it was Niall DC scored 210 imagine going out in those in, the, in that kind of situation after 80 was it more than 80, 90 minutes 90, so yeah. no 60 70 80 90 minutes and the heartbreak and then you're out in front of the, te- the television like I'd say no I'm not uh, yeah. you know I, I, that's your whole year gone in an unbelievable game so it was, it was awkward it was hard for him to answer the questions and then had to, do you know what I felt really bad for him not only did he have to answer the questions then he's presented with the man of the match award and you know in a picture you have to smile yeah. So here's this fella smiling after losing out like that. And I was like, Jesus Christ, don't, don't interview him. Yeah. Leave him off. Like, I wouldn't torment him. I, would, I actually would not annoy somebody who's just lost a match like that. Cause I've done sideline reporting for long enough. I always just go for the winning team. I wouldn't even dare pester somebody after losing like that. 
Yeah, like, and you said about him smiling. Definitely like, not a player, anyway. Even if he was a good talker, uh, you know, and a bit of crack, he can't be like that in the camera. No. Like, even if he wasn't that upset, he can't come out and, and do it. Like, you know, yeah. his, his team was just lost, and he's not going to be in the mood anyway. So, yeah, it's a strange one. Like, why not? Like, it's nice that they can still pick the man of the match and you know, do it fairly. Say, no, he was man of the match. But why don't they just interview somebody from you Bally Gunner? You don't have to interview him. Yeah. Interview Parik Mahoney, who scored. Ask him about Niall DC as well. Like, yeah. you know, and he might have something nice to say about him. He might have played in college with him. You know, yeah. might, might get a good story out of it that way. Like. I completely agree. I completely agree. I mentioned in Parik Mahoney, like, he scored 14 points. He got eight from freeze and six from play. Connor Power in the corner got one, two. But Parik Mahoney is just a, he's an assassin. He's a sharpshooter. He's like a quarterback. You, you, you pop it back out to him. Parik Mahoney's never going to see you take you on, go past you. He doesn't have that light lightning pace mm. but what he has is he's always in the pocket and he always gets an old throwback and you know what's going over and that's yeah. it so I would have interviewed him or I would have you know what I mean or I'd interviewed uh, the Ballygunner manager I'd have interviewed someone from the winning team <laughs> to get an idea of how it felt to win that game and Niall DC just won man of the match do you know what I mean yeah. so everybody's a winner and send him in his uh, his uh, his trophy and say now mate you can cry there in the restroom. You don't have to smile. Yeah. We're not going to take pictures of you. You're obviously very disappointed. <laughs> We're not looking to give him the paddy power short straight after the final whistle. <laughs> like, you know, we do it a day later. Yeah, and you get him in the post. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can wipe away your tears with them if you if you need to. <laughs> there was a nice moment between Parag Mahani and Tony Kelly afterwards. Actually, you know, it's, uh, that's one of the good things about club as well. You see these two superstars then just coming together and yeah, just a better respect between them. The difference know. between the two teams, Bally Gunner looked like they were a much better all round team, but. Jesus, the the county lads, the DC, the Tony Kelly, and the uh, Brown at centre back. Like these lads are colossus at yeah. club level. The Ballier are a real example of a club team that their county lads drive them on, and the other lads play the supporting role yeah. and are, are tenacious. They're a village club. Like I mean, this is the reality, but they're the perfect example of it. They're stars always play for them yeah. and Tony Kelly was a, he was unbelievable again yesterday he's just a machine the speed of him is just it's just out of control um, Tony Shine scored 9 from play or 9 uh, points he got two from only 2 from play but usually I wouldn't put somebody in that got 7 frees but I know Tony Shine without seeing the without seeing the the highlights he can kick them from all sorts of angles so like I mean you don't get 9 um, points and not um, have played really well he plays centre half forward for them an interesting cl- Clonagale only beat Tyr Connell Gales by 115 to 110 with Liam Gavigan on the show last Thursday he yeah. scored 6 points um, 2 from play after 44 minutes um, Tyr Connell Gales were ahead until Graham Petit um, scored a goal and it turned it into Clonagale's uh, favour but this like we, we we spoke about this that club football in London is improving all the time um, like I mean the decision to put them into the Connacht Championship was an absolutely brilliant one because yeah. it was completely unfair leaving them off for 13 weeks then play the Connacht Champions like Clonagale are a solid team they're coming out of a, a championship to have St Bridget's and we all know how good they are and they're only beating Tyr Connell Gales by 115 to 110. And that's at home. That's in Dr. Hyde after Tyr Connell Gales travelling there. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a very impressive uh, result for Tyr Connell Gales as far as I'm concerned. And it's only going to get stronger in London by putting them into Connacht and saying, you yeah. have a rattle at the, like, you know, the Connacht Championship here if you get through London. Like, and, they, and they're well able for it. And even, like, it's getting stronger all over. Like, Amsterdam GA played in the Leinster Junior Final or the Leinster Junior Championship. They played Symphonians from Dublin and they only lost by two points. Right. You know, so it's showing you that the strength is sort of popping up everywhere and these teams if they're good enough get them into the provincial championship yeah I didn't know there was a GEA community in Amsterdam there's so much other things to do in Amsterdam <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would be into football um, if I lived there Ryan O'Neill scored 7 points um, for Cross McLean he's a younger brother of Ushin O'Neill who Stevie MacDonald obviously spoke up so much in this show that he ended up disappointing us <laughs> a little bit Oshin. Um, don't want to hold that against Oshin's young as well and I'm sure he'll come good but Stevie basically had this lad marked although he was right about Rory Grugan um, he was calling Rory Grugan at an early yeah he was a year too soon with it though yeah, yeah maybe a year too soon with it is right Rory Grugan's just proved himself this year but he scored 7 points 145 2 free so he got 4 from play which was double the amount of scores from play Cole Island got in the entire game so like I mean 
he was he was outstanding um, and he deserves his nomination Kevin Cassidy got 1-3 we wanted to see more from Kevin Cassidy we wanted to see him get a little bit more and he set up a goal as well so like I mean he's a handful in a full forward there's no doubt and I think maybe although Guido were playing Cargan who are a very defensive team as mm. well so it was interesting to see him get 1-3 against them when he was more starved of possession in the county final against yeah. Guido I mean the goal was against Clenties. the goal he set up was like Kieran Donaghy asking he didn't even jump he just held the keeper off and the defender is so strong like, so and he just leant on it and just panned it down where did you see that Carl just saw a clip of it on Twitter alright oh, okay, if you, if you want someone badly enough for me you'll get <laughs> it go look. but I've got all this to organise I, can't, I just don't have the luxury of. <laughs> you're not looking for Ulster football that's your problem <laughs> so like I mean the size of Kevin Cassidy like I mean it's actually is it only because he went in full forward you actually realise how bloody big he yeah. is out around the midfield you don't always get a sense of it or maybe there's enough big bodies out there that you're kind of he mixes in with the big bodies but he looked like a monster against yeah. uh, Glenties it's because so, he, he was so mobile in his career as well going up and down the pitch and yeah. like that sort of wing back coming off the shoulder he always had huge legs and maybe piling a few pounds on in his latter years yeah. has added to the kind of maybe bulk of him <laughs> and using the points holding off a keeper and a defender <laughs> you know it just looks a bit more imposing when he's standing planted not letting anybody past him yeah no exactly Connor Gleeson got four from play Denier hammered a dare um, Denier are a very good, very good team and I often talk about Connor Gleeson we know him being a man marker he's been on the show um, such a man marker for the hurlers put on all the opposition's danger men and then he comes across to the other code football and he's got this silky skilled two-footed beautiful balance brilliant uh, Gaelic footballer and then he's being marked isn't it weird I often think that you, you, you often think that if you're if you're a really good forward in football although he played minor in the forwards in Hurling he's just he was converted back actually that was it uh John Milan converted him back into a defender when he was under 21 he wasn't able to make the team right. so he did want to be a forward in both because <laughs> it's a bit weird what being a Tigerish cornerback in hurling but being a forward in football yeah it is weird like, isn't it yeah it's, I always thought like a, uh, that was a type of Tigerish cornerback it's the same it's a mentality yeah, it's yeah. a way of life isn't it crossover <laughs> 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 yeah yeah so yeah so he's a bit he's a bit of a weird one so I don't know who I'm going to give to the, the performance of the weekend I think Niall DC. So it's okay the day after to it's give him. We're not going to interview him. So, like, I mean, he well <laughs> deserves 210. He was outstanding. He's a huge man as well. And, geez, if, like, I mean, it's surprising that he's not on the Clare team. I know that Clare have a very good forward line, but surely to have a place for a big, physically imposing, um, big, physically imposing man like that who can win his own ball. Like, like I John mean, Conlon? John Conlon's <laughs> gone in full forward now, you yeah. see. So maybe there is a place in that half forward line. Duggan, uh, Duggan plays on the wing. Um, maybe you could put him on the other wing I'm trying to think who's the regular oh he's got Reedy Reedy and Tony Kelly play centre forward not, a ha- not an easy half forward <laughs> no. like to get on in fairness so um, you'd like to see more action from DC um, uh, next year 2.10 so Paddy Power performance of the weekend congratulations to him and that's all we have time for this week we'll be back on Thursday as usual with another preview show good luck I started running, I suppose I didn't stop, and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I'm <laughs> heartbroken.